Hello and welcome to Grace Life Stellenbosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. I was so really blessed by the last week's uh, message, actually the whole series about uh, um, prayer, presence, and power, and uh, um, yeah. So I just want to share a, quick, a couple of quick points that stood out for me. Um, uh, Peter asked uh, a whole lot, a couple of a whole lot of questions last week, and and I just I I, I, I was just asking myself those questions, and uh, um, two of those questions was, am I diluting the gospel, and uh, am I living triumphantly and miraculously? So yeah, so that's that's I was like meditating on that and uh, asking myself those things. Um, yeah, so um, during the week I was just meditating on on um, the word that he was sharing, and I made some notes. Um, and in Romans, there's a couple of verses that I just want to pull out and and just uh, um, go through and yeah, what uh, stood out for me. So. In uh, Romans 1 verse 4, um, it says, And declare to be Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. And uh, Peter mentioned something about um, uh, declared also in the Strong's means mark. So it's really, if you, it's, it's so amazing if you, if, you, if, you, if you can start looking for what those words mean. And it's not that like you want to change something, but it just gives you more meaning. And, and uh, that declared also means in the Strong's Concordance, marked out. So that just really gave me so much more meaning to what was being said here. Um, Jesus was marked out by the resurrection from the dead, Sorry. by the Spirit, and not His birth. And that, that just really uh, uh, stood out. I, I, I think me and Peter, earlier in the year, we were discussing actually that verse, because I was saying, I mean, uh, um, I was... I was not sure because, I mean, in the Bible it's it also mentioned about the Spirit sending on Jesus and God declaring, this is my Son. But yet it clearly says, you are marked out. So for me that was really profound. And, uh, um, and uh, carrying on from then, Romans 1 verse uh, 5 to 6, it says, By whom we've received grace and apostleship for the obedience to the faith among all the nations for His name among whom you are also the called of Jesus Christ. So, oh, there's a couple of verses there that, I mean, firstly, obedience is not a good word for me, <laughs> or used to be a good word for me. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it says it's grace and obedience. So we've got, we've got the grace of God to be obedient. And it doesn't, and like Peter shared last week, it's not, uh, uh, the obedience is there, uh, it's not for us to keep us from sinning. That is, uh, for me, it is that we have obedience and yeah, God's got grace for us mm. if, we, if, if we slip up. And uh, um, verse 9, and, and uh, uh, it says, Whom I serve with my spirit. And um, I was, I was uh, uh, meditating on that verse uh, Wednesday evening. I was just, yeah, I, I can remember before I started, I was, uh, um, I was just speaking to the Lord and I was just saying, to God actually, Lord, I know I've got your spirit inside of me. Mm. 
and uh, um, I, I also want to serve you with, with my spirit. And yeah, like like I said, I, I how do I do this? And 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 I said, I I I surrender God to the authority of the Holy Spirit. And it's 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 not like I I, I don't know how to actually put it, but it's just a thing about the authority of the Holy Spirit to to, to give Him authority to work through you. Um, and uh, um, yeah, so I, I just. I didn't pray it out loud, I was just thinking it and meditating on that and it was just um, from there on I just got so many, I had such a sweet time with the Lord and he, got, he, he shared so many things with me from there and, I, and for me that is like really profound uh, what Paul is saying they serve God in the spirit and, uh, um, and I actually also uh, um, saw the word serve the strongs also means worship and that led me to, um, because I mean, there's a couple of verses in the Bible that says we serve, we serve or worship God in, the, in spirit and truth. So I was cross-checking all over, and uh, um, so I got to Philippians three verse three, which also says, "For we are the circumcision which worship or serve." God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. So, um, but just a verse before it actually is a warning where it says, but beware of dogs, evil workers, the concision. So circumcision, concision, so it was like so good to me because concision there, beware of the concision, which actually means mutilation. So, um, those two verses actually means we are the circumcision, we are the cutting away of the flesh, not the mutilating of the word, sure. and which serves God in the spirit. So that was really good, and uh, uh, I thought I was on the right track there, but uh, just I, I, as I read on um, from verses 4 to 9, Paul was, was actually saying exactly this, um, that he says he counts everything but done, done. <laughs> To, to win Christ and to be found in Him. So he, he named a couple of things there, what He has done. So think about yourself, where you are coming from, what you have done. And uh, I was thinking on those things, and Paul is saying he's, he's, he's not counting any of those things. To win Christ for Him is the major thing. And um, and here in Philippians 3, 10 to 11, it says yeah, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. So okay. there I made that connection, what, what, what was that declaring what we read in Romans 1 again, that I may know Him in the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, being made conformable unto His death, if by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead. So, in other words, if we want to operate in the power of the resurrection, we, we need to die to ourself or to our flesh. Mm. That, is, that is what Paul is actually saying there. And so this really spoke to me. And, uh, um, and then again in Philipp Philippians 3.14 it says, I press towards the mark. There again is the mark. Uh, for the prize of the high calling, we are the called, of God in Christ Jesus. Sure. So um, that, that, that is that marking out again. So, in summary, I just want to, I want to say what I got out of the message from last Sunday is that 
We are not called to, to walk around as victims. God didn't call us just, just to fill up space in this life. <laughs> we are called to manifest as sons of God in this life. Amen. And uh, um, how do we get God out? We preach the good news, Amen. the undiluted word of God. And I'm mocked, declared son, not by being born again. That was a, that was a hit for me. I'm mocked not by being born again. But I'm declared a son or marked when I operate in the power of the resurrection. Sure. That's when I'm marked in this life. That's where people will notice Jesus in you. If you operate by the power of the resurrection. Sure. And yeah. that, that really enables me to live triumphantly. And uh, no, that just stood out for me. Thanks. Man. It's awesome to, uh, to get more on your own message. Amen. And uh, that's how the Holy Spirit works. So when he shared some of those thoughts with me in the week, I'm like, you better bless the church with it. <laughs> so it's awesome to, uh, I mean, it's like when you buy, say you want to buy a car and you've never thought about a, Polo is not a good example, whatever, a, a beetle. You never, you don't see beetles that often. And now once you start looking for one, now all of a sudden you see it like pop up everywhere. Um, and uh, like now we've, we've defined our glossary about what is the mark. It's the, the sign of the resurrection, the power of that. And uh, now all of a sudden, the verses just seem to... It's like Tetris. Once you get that one thing in place, then it's like a whole lot of things happen and a lot of power um, in that. So, yeah, Father, thank you that we are here together to share your word. Um, thank you that you are a good Father, that you love on us. And, uh, yeah, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can dig in and that we can see good things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but I've been so stirred up to pray. Even this morning um, and in the week, we said we, we, we're making our pre-service meeting more a prayer meeting. Amen. There's a lot of good things to share and good testimonies and all of that. But, um, I mean, testimonies doesn't really change anyone. It motivates you, but it doesn't change you. What only changes you is the truth. Amen. And the truth is that we are full of power. We are full of the presence of God. And prayer then helps us to stir that. And um, I want to just uh, read the one verse here from our, our series. There's, there's sort of two. Um, but the second one is 1 Corinthians 4.20. says, For the kingdom realm of God comes with power, not simply impressive words. Amen? So uh, I don't know about you. I grew up a uh, conservative Christian. So uh, power wasn't always uh, on display. And maybe you grew up different. Maybe you grew up charismatic, swinging from the chandeliers. Then uh, power was on display. Amen? But is that the power that the Word is speaking about? Amen? Or is it really true power when we see lives changed? When we see lives impacted? When we see dead raised? When we see uh, good things happening? Amen? I don't know about you, but I want to see that. I want to see more of that. As I'm reading through Acts, like, I want to live more in that abundance of grace. I want to live more in the power. I want to not want... I don't know about you, I get agitated if people don't get you. Because they should get you when we pray for them. When we lay hands on the sick. I'm not expecting anything less. I know what I, my, my Bible says, and I know that it's not my power, but it's God's power. I know it's not my authority, but it's the name of Jesus with which we do this. And the more we pray, the more we become aware of His presence, and the more we're aware of His presence, the more we're unaware of our presence, amen, which means unbelief. And the more we get rid of our unbelief, the more the power that's already on the inside of us can flow. And that's what we're here to do. And then Colossians 1.25 says, This is the very reason I've been made a minister. I like that. Okay, so you wonder why I'm up here. Some of you don't know me. My name is Peter, by the way. 
together with my wife, we lead this beautiful family. But this is, uh, this is not just any family. Amen? This is not just our living room. This is our, our war room. This is here where we get equipped. This is here where we get stirred up and uh, where we sharpen the sword so that we go out and change the world. Amen? And I'm going to hopefully stir you up again a little bit this morning. But it says, For this very reason I've been made a minister by the authority of God and a servant of His body. So I'm a servant to the body of Christ. Amen? I'm nothing special. I'm not this holy man and I don't need to walk on red carpets only or like you need to polish the floor. Like I'm just a servant of Christ. Amen? I just want to serve Him and serve you. And like um, Herman, they said, when we serve Him in the Spirit, it's by sharing the Gospel. But being a servant of His body, so that in His detailed plan, His detailed plan, I would fully equip you with the Word of God. So that's honestly my prayer, is that I have um, the authority, but also the um, responsibility, okay, to equip you fully, with the Word of God. Now, if you think about, um, think about a war, and then the, the, the government would call you to be enlisted as a soldier in this war, it would be very unfair of them to send you without equipment, wouldn't it? So just to say, hey, come and fight, and then, okay, there you go. So in the, in the Bible, we see this analogy, and Paul says, like, this is a war, and now there's equipment for the war, Okay? But now, if you give me some fancy flamethrower bazooka gun, or give me a, what, an F-18 fighter jet, that's really equipment, isn't it? Will I be able to use it? Why? Because I haven't been equipped. Amen? The people on my own team might be in very big danger because I'm ill-equipped. And that's really what the word here speaks of. It's not just equipping that we have power, but equipping that we know how to use it. Amen? And that's really part of what we're doing in this series. And that's why I have more people up front than just myself. Because I believe we're doing a good job in equipping other people to be ministers of the Word. Amen? And that was a great example that we've had this morning. Now Paul is so excited about this ministry of fully equipping the church. Look at verse 26. He says, Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but is now made manifest to his saints. There is a divine mystery, says the Passion Translation, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now. Say, but now. But now. now. So it's not a secret anymore. Amen. The secret's out. The mystery's been revealed. God is not mysterious. In the Old Testament, God says, my ways are higher than your ways. You can know the way of the Lord. Amen. In the New Testament, it says you have the mind of Christ. So who can know the way of the Lord? Everyone is the answer. If you're not convinced yet, read your Bible. Amen. You can take every thought captive unto what? The obedience of Christ. Why? Because you have the mind of Christ. You have the knowing of what is the will of God. What is the will of God? That no one should perish but all come to repentance. That everyone should come to the fullness of the knowledge of truth. That's the will of God. It's not complex. Is God into death? No. He's into life. Amen? That's the will of God. What is the will of God? Look at Jesus. Did Jesus heal everyone? Yes. Everyone who would allow Him to heal them. And some people even like snatch the healing. You realize? We'll look at that later. There were some healings without Jesus' consent. That's sneaky, isn't it? That's good. I like that. People can touch me and get healed. I'll, I'll be happy for it. Amen? Did Jesus put cancer on anyone? Did Jesus cause sickness? Did he, did he kill anyone? No. Did He lay down His life? Yes, He did. Why? Because of love. What is the will of God? It is life with the nature of God, which is life and love. It says, living within you is the Christ 
who floods you with the expectation of glory. I want to ask you this morning, if we have a, bar- a, a what's it, the barometer, and we have zero here, and we have 10 right about there, where the screen stops, and I want to say, if you have to measure your expectation of glory, where are you on the barometer of expectation? Like, I'm only asking the questions because I'm asking it myself, I'm like, so I'm glad it's working. <laughs> I must be honest, I, had for, I, I, I'm, I didn't grow up expecting glory every service. I didn't grow up expecting glory every time I meet someone, every time I open the Word. Like, we just get on with life and then we, we haphazardly stumble upon these great moments of God speaking, of God showing up or something happening. And you know what? It's not on God, I'm realizing. It's on us. Because how prayed up are we? How stirred up are we? How in the presence of God are we? Well, 100%, but are you aware of it? I'm not talking about the spiritual reality, but the mindset. And we'll look at it in a moment. Why did the lady with the issue of blood get healed? Because she had an expectation to get healed. She had an expectation. She said, if I only but touch the hem of his garment. And there's lots of verses in the Old Testament that we can go in and see how did she stir that expectation. It speaks of healing in his wings in the Old Testament. And the tassel of the, um, of, of the, the, the priest was, um, was very symbolic. And that's what she saw in that. She saw the fulfillment of the prophecies in Christ. And she knew that this must be the Messiah. So it wasn't only about the tassel or the, the, the edge. It was about the scriptures that she stirred up in her heart, I believe. And then she knew that came to fulfillment. And when I have that, that is the fulfillment of the promise of ages to the fathers. And that is then the one who brings healing. So are we ready to, to receive like that? Amen? Are we stirred up? Are you prayed up? We say we need to go out more. We need to go out more. But the word says, Jesus himself says, pray to the Lord the harvest. So that's what we're going to do more and more in church. We're going to pray to the Lord of the harvest. And then guess what? We're going to harvest. But we should pray first. Amen? Why? Because we can harvest the wrong field. If you read the book of Acts, they wanted to go to Asia. He says, no. We don't know how. But there's a no, there's a block. Is it a good thing to go? Yes. But then they don't stop and wait. They just go somewhere else. They're still going. Like we, 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 we have a conservative red light mentality. We should have a green light mentality. It's not, Lord, should I go? It's, Lord, where should I go? That's a much better prayer. Okay? Where should we go? Do you have an expectation of glory? Ask yourself that. So what is your expectation then? What are you expecting? Colossians 1.29 Where also I labor, striving according to His working, which worketh in me mightily. Now we read these verses and we think, Yo, Paul, what the O? Yes. What a good guy, huh? Like he was so full of God, he was the second best thing to Jesus, wasn't he? You know, Jesus said that you can do God. Not what Paul did, but what Jesus did. And he said you can do greater things than what Jesus did. Who said that? Jesus said that. But it's His working, which worketh where? In me. And then the word says, which works to change what I want to do, and also change what I do. Maybe you're like, I'm not really going to church to be sent out. I came to church because I needed something. I came to church because I need prayer, or or I need this, or I got this issue. Like, you're welcome. But we're not always going to serve milk. Amen? Because where is the fun in that? 
I look at Brad and I'm like, shame, buddy, you're missing out on that chicken steak with this bride. Amen? Like, he's too, I, I don't he doesn't play with soft toys. He wants to play with Legos. And yesterday he was chowing on a log of wood like a real man. I was like, yeah, this guy is not having milk, he's eating wood. Amen? It was under adult supervision and he's fine. And don't worry. But, um, like, we need to be like that. Like, why is he like that? Because he has an older brother. He doesn't want to eat what babies eat. He wants to eat what Jordan eats. Jordan is almost two. Brad is almost one year. He doesn't want to play with what babies play with. He wants to play with what Jordan plays with. Now, you and I, I don't know about you, but I read Romans 8 and it says we have an older brother. We have an older brother that is Christ. So I don't know about you. I want to, I want to play with what he plays with. <laughs> I want to do what he does. I want, to, I want to be where he is. I want to go what he does. Like... I mean, Brandon's not even like crawling, but he's wanting to, to pull himself up and to walk. Why? Because he sees Jordan running around. And then I'm like, Jordy, why don't you just crawl a bit so he can sort of just, just help him, man? And that's what we do in church as well, as we, we meet each and every person where they're at. But we don't leave it there. Amen? amen. We want to do what our older brother does. I don't know about you, but we're not playing church, amen? We look at the book of Acts and it says, Those who have turned the world upside down, they've come to our town. Man, oh man, I wait for that day. When we get that newspaper to say, Hey, you guys are turning the town upside down. Like, Amen, brother. Those who have called no small stir. Who's a Christian in here? Why aren't you stirring? Why are we so passive? I'm asking myself that. Why are we playing it so safe? There's many reasons, but who's missing out? Everyone is missing out. The kingdom is missing out. And guess what? We're missing out on the fun. Who would ever go to Kailicha? No, I was not safe. Well, the day I went, I had one of the most awesome testimonies of ministry. But I had to go there. We have to get out of the boat, amen? It's His power. That's the thing. Ephesians 3, 6 and 7. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of His promise in Christ by the gospel. We're not second hand. We're not, we're not get the others to spin. We are partakers of the promise in Christ by the gospel, amen? Wherefore I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God. Given unto me. How? By the effectual working of what? His power. How effective is God's power working in you? I mean, this is really not condemning. I promise you. This is like, I feel like I'm telling you, like a salesman wanting to explain to you. Say, um, we had this at work the other day. We have this uh, product called Monday.com. Okay? If you're ever on YouTube, you probably had an advert or two because they're big there. And this is a thing that can automate and can do a lot of things. And we had these people come to us and they said, well, you guys have an enterprise license. Do you know what you're missing out on? Why aren't you using this? And why aren't you using this? And these are the features. We're already paying for it. Not I, luckily. The, the work. <laughs> the company I work with. They're paying for it, but they're not, we, we, we're not using it to its full potential. And that's my heart this morning is we already have it. We're not waiting for the power to fall. We're not waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. We're not waiting for the message to be refined. We've got it. 
I'm just wanting to get us stirred up and say, hey, why am I not using this feature? Why am I not tapping into this power? Why am I not living in the fullness of the gospel? Because that is the working of God. It's His effectual working. You know, you can work and you can work effectively. You know the, the difference between effectiveness and efficiency? Now, I'm giving a plug for business leaders. We have a business leaders ministry, by the way, as well. If you're not part of that, speak to me and let's sign you up. Because we're going to have a conference soon and it's going to be awesome. But the difference between effectiveness and efficiency is if you can put a ladder up against the building and you are the fastest guy to climb to the top, you're very efficient. But if it's the wrong building, you're very ineffective. So a lot of people are doing a lot for Christ, but are they effective? A lot of people are doing a lot of ministry, a lot of church. They're busy, but are they operating in the power of God? Are they efficient, meaning busy, and, and, and they're quick, and, and they get a lot of people saved, or are they making disciples, which is effective? Disciples is going to make disciples is going to make disciples. How does that work? By the working of His power, which worketh in me mightily. Whose work, who's power? His power. So the woman with the issue of blood, whose power healed her? God's power. Where was God's power? In Jesus. Amen? Whose faith healed her? That's a good one, isn't it? It was God's power, but it was her faith. Quoting the words of Jesus. So we don't need more power. I want to say we don't need more faith. We need to operate more in the faith that we have. Because she did not have the faith of Christ, we do. But what are you doing? You think Christianity is boring? You came to the right church. Luke 8, 46. Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceive that virtue, the word there is dunamis, power has gone out of me. Anyone here remember quite a famous verse around Acts 1 verse 8 that they were about that says you'll receive something. What will you receive? Uh, dunamis, same Greek word. You see that the problem is we, don't want, we, we want to receive dunamis. But you want to give dunamis. You want to set some, some bombs off, some truth bombs, some dynamite. Amen? Let's turn this town upside down. And all the commotion, you can shake it out and you can clean it up nicely. You know? We need to be of our Father's business. How do we be about our Father's business? We pray. How did Jesus endure the cross? He prayed. Why did Peter fail? He said, Think about it. Jesus warned him. He said, Peter, pray. I know when you're so tired that you can't pray, but Jesus also was tired, but he said, the spirit is willing. The flesh is willing. For the joy that was set before him. Where was that set before him? In the garden. Praying. Why was the angels ministering to Jesus and not Peter? Because Jesus was praying. Because God is not a respecter of persons. In that sense, Jesus was a person. Yes, He was the Son of God. Jesus says, I feel something has gone out of me. Who 
touched me. And the disciples are looking at him because there's throngs of people. They say, Jesus, everyone's touching you. I'm asking you this morning, are you touching Jesus like everyone? Or are you touching Jesus like someone? Are you tapping into Christ and the power of God like everyone? Like everyone who's in church this morning? Like everyone who claims to be a disciple? Like everyone who was at Michael W. Smith last night? Or are you claiming and touching and spending time with the Father like someone? Someone who draws on that power. Someone who's in the inner room. Someone who's on his bosom. Someone who's attending not just for my needs, but the needs of others. Someone who counts themselves less and others more. It says so clearly that it is her faith, her faith, that healed. Matthew 9, verse 20. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. Those of you interested in it, go study out what that hem of the garment means. For she said within herself, Where's faith? She said within herself, If I may touch the garment, I will be made whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thy faith has made thee whole. What healed her? His power, dunamis, went out. Why did dunamis, why did the power leave Jesus? Because she drew it out. She had an expectation. She had faith. She had an expectation of glory. She got more than she bargained for, though, if you read the situation. She is totally stunned. And I think the speed in which it happened, and it says that she realized that, 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 that what's it, the source of her fountain has, has dried up. And Jesus says, who touched me? No, I don't think he said it like that. I think he said, who touched me? <laughs> and if you read this, I think it's in all four Gospels, the accounts. I was reading it yesterday. And like, I love it when there's different accounts because you can sort of color in the picture. And it is as if Jesus is looking through the crowd and he locks eyes with them. And he says, who touched me? He's actually saying, you because the, her reaction shows that there wasn't any hiding. She, she knew that he knew that it was her. Wow. What a moment. Where you just get healing of an issue. And it says even that she spent a lot of money and she only grew worse. But she got more than healing. She got to lock eyes with the Son of God. How precious is that? How is your expectancy? What are you expecting? Now Jesus is going to the temple. What is He expecting? He's expecting a house of prayer. Yeah? Why? Because that's what the Old Testament speaks of. Now I'm going to as a culture for us, is are we seeing this as a house of prayer? Now it goes on and he speaks about the temple and he'll throw it down and build it up again. And so the house of prayer is not just us together, it's not just building and taking apart. It's you. Are you 
Are we a house of prayer? You see, the more we teach on prayer, the more we'll realize the power of prayer and the more hopefully we'll operate in it. Because um, like when I read The Better Way to Pray, I stopped praying. Because <laughs> I realized how wrong I've been praying and I'm not going to be a stupid fool, so I'll just, I'll just keep shut. I'll, I'll keep my mouth shut for now. But then as you grow in your nature and understanding of who God is and what prayer is, now all of a sudden you realize, hey, I'm missing out if I keep my mouth shut. The word says that prayer is a ministry of love. When we pray for each other, we're ministering, we're serving in love. So Jesus goes and he, he, he doesn't get what he's expecting. He's expecting a house of prayer, but he finds what? Money changers, merchants, loan sharks. I love the message, speaks of loan sharks. <laughs> That's awesome. And then he says, in, um, he quotes it a text. So we must, we must be so careful not just to read the New Testament, but see where the quotations of the old are. And what he's reading is Jeremiah, I think, 7.11, but also Isaiah 56.7. And it says in the New Living Translation, I will give them to my holy mountain of Jerusalem, and I will fill them with joy in my house of prayer. I will fill them with joy where? In my house of prayer. And I will accept their burnt offerings and sacrifices because my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Not a, a, a business place for loan sharks and merchants. Okay, so what Jesus does is awesome. He expects something. He doesn't see it. So he, throws, he overthrows the tables. Unfortunately for you, that's a bit about my responsibility. If we see something that's not supposed to be here, we need to throw it out. Amen? You know what's awesome? If you read Matthew 21, back there and you go to verse 13, it says, My house was designated a house of prayer. You have made it a hangout for thieves. Now, after Jesus chases them out, look at what happens. It is now, now in verse 14, there was room for the blind and the crippled to get in. There wasn't space. Because they were busy with business. They weren't busy with ministry. Can I ask a question again? Is there space in your life for ministry? Is there space for the blind, for the crippled to come in to be healed? Is there margin in your budget, in your diary, for someone to say, hey, I need help? Or are we so busy, 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 busy? Is there, is there space for prayer? Now, I do a lot of praying these days because I'm not doing a lot of sleeping. So you find space. When we get up in the morning, those two boys, it's, it's on. I mean, it's, it's no quiet time. <laughs> it's not an excuse. You can pray as you go. Amen? You can pray where you are. We, I'm a house of prayer. So wherever I go, the house of prayer goes. Amen? Now, I want to give you one more example here. So we see Jesus, and then what we often do is, like, yeah, but that's Jesus, we can't. We're never going to attain to that. Well, I love what Christy says, is your, your potential is Christ. Amen? That's actually the start of your potential, because Jesus said, you do what I do, and greater. So Acts 16, 16, it says, And it came to pass, as we went to 
prayer. Okay, so the disciples saw a lot. Anyone agree with me? Anyone read the book of Acts yet? Was there a lot happening? Was there a lot of dunamis? A lot of power. The power of God, the gospel, churches planted, people going everywhere, Holy Spirit speaking, Holy Spirit saying, like, separate aid to me, Barnabas and Saul, or, um, like, lots of things happening. But you know what I realized? There's lots of prayer. As they went to prayer, and it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying or fortune telling. <coughs> so what's happening here is, now they went to prayer, and a lady possessed by a demon, a slave girl, shows up, and she prophesies accurately, and she says, this is Jesus, the one who wants to set us free. Now Paul is going to prayer. So he is not dealing with the demon. It's interesting, it says that they, she followed them for many days. Many days. Verse 18, But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And she came out that very same hour. So what happens now is, the people there, who's not about blessing people, but about money, is now losing money because this lady can no longer do fortune telling. So they cannot sell the gift. So now what they do is they, they stir up this uh, commotion against them. A multitude, verse 22 says, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. So they're getting a beating for delivering a lady of a demon. Welcome to ministry. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. They are being treated like next-level criminals. You know where this happened? Anyone heard of the Philippian jailer? Do we have a book or a letter written to the church in Philippi? Yes. Why do we have a letter written to the church in Philippi? Because there was a church in Philippi. Why was there a church in Philippi? Because Paul and his Silas prayed. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. You see, often we pray. The prisoners heard them. Power is voice activated. Amen. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Use it wisely. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone, um, everyone's bands were loosed and all the prisoners ran out. I mean, if, if you, you're praying, I mean, just think about it. You've just been beaten for doing a good thing, okay? Naked. They don't clean your wounds because we're going to see they're only going to clean it later. You're in stocks, in prison. What do you do? Okay, you pray. Well done. What does your prayer sound like? Lord, this is unfair. Lord, help. Lord, send an earthquake. 
I don't believe that's what they prayed. Because if they did, they would run out as soon as the miracle happens. But they don't. Isn't it Philippians 2 where Paul says, count others as more important than yourselves? I believe they were praying, Lord, how can we make a difference? Lord, how can we reach this prisoners? How can we reach the jailer? How can we reach this community? Lord, you sent us here for a reason, for a purpose. This beating is not going to change it. Yes, Lord, it's Aynan, it's Nilak anymore. Lord, show us what do you want us to do. You know, because in what's it, Philippians 4, verse 6. Let's start on verse 4. I'm just contextualizing a very, very famous verse. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Who's he writing to? Philippians. Where was he in prison? Rejoicing at midnight. In Philippi. Rejoice again in the Lord. Let your moderation. You know what that means? Your gentleness. Let your gentleness be known unto who? All men. The prisoners, the jailer, his family. Be careful or be anxious for nothing. But in everything, after being beaten by a mob, by prayer and supplication, the Afrikaans are smirken, which is not a good translation because it means serious and specific prayer. Not, oh, Lord, please, Lord, please, Lord, please. No, serious and specific. Supplication. So even if you're in jail, even if you're beaten, even if you are so uncomfortable and so hurt that you cannot sleep, rejoice, don't be anxious, and pray. Why? Because that makes miracles happen. You see, the miracle is not the earthquake. The miracle is the salvation that comes soon after the earthquake. You see, as, as if the immature, if Paul and Silas were immature, the Philippian jailer doesn't get born again. If I have a testimony, so, so, so true. but no one gets saved. Yes, you know, we were in that, and they hit us, and they beat us, and we prayed, and we sang, and then the Lord sent an earthquake, and now we're not here today. <laughs> Well done, you. You prayed, you sang, you worshiped. Well done. What is the miracle? Is that the Philippian jailer realizes life is over. And he pulls his sword to fall on it like an honorable man would. And Paul shouts from the dock, Do not do it. We are all here. By choice. Through prayer. We're not anxious because we've been praying. We're rejoicing. We're singing. Everyone's heard. We are all here. You see, they had a different focus. They had a different value perception. So the jailer called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, all of a sudden now there's... How oh, that's honor. <laughs> Sirs. This is amazing. Look at what he asks. He doesn't ask why are you still here. He 
says, what must we do to be saved? Because what he's seen is that these guys don't live for themselves. By your love for each other. You know, I think Paul understood the context that if they ran off, the jailer dies. I don't know about you, but after matching this with the letter of Philippians, the letter of Philippians is just it's like a fireball for me. Consider others as more important than themselves. Yeah, I see an example. Thank you, Paul. Rejoice always. Yeah, I see. Count others as more important. Yes. What must I do to be saved? They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your house. And they spake unto him. You see, you cannot get saved without seed. You don't get saved by a prayer. They spoke unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. Some translations give this perception that because the jailer got saved, his household got saved. That's not true. Because the jailer got saved. Why? Because he heard the word. Who heard the word with him? His household. So that's why they all got saved. Everyone who heard the word because faith comes by hearing, hearing the gospel. And then we need to say yes, Lord. We need to believe what we hear and then stir that up and move forward and say, now I'm saved. Amen. And he took them that same hour of the night and washed their stripes. They were ministering without even, let's say, while bleeding. While, while bleeding for hours. They didn't say, no, no, just clean us up and then we'll tell you. I look at the world and I see the mess. And then I read the word and I get excited. Because this is so contrary. And I've always been, I've always been the one who wants to be just a little bit different. Just a little bit different. I don't want the same shoes everyone has. I want just a little bit. I don't mind to stand out a little bit. I want to be just a little different. Amen? Because guess what? It's going to take us being a whole lot different. We turn this place upside down. And we're not doing it for that reason, but we're doing it for the Philippian jailer. We're doing it for everyone in his household. We're doing it for the priests and the, the, the children. We're doing it for any person who comes to Christ. We don't be different because it's nice. I, I actually don't like to be different. I don't like to stand out. I like to, to blend in. I don't like to, I'm not conflict, like by nature, a conflicting person. I don't think Jesus was. But he turned the temple upside down. Because he was about his father's business. Amen? Amen. Now he feeds them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Why is there a letter written to the church of Philippi? Because there was a church there. Why is there a church? Because they heard the message. Why did they hear the message? Because someone... Prayer, becoming aware of His presence, operating in His power. That's what we're digging into. We're not calling up His presence, we're not stirring up um, motivation, no, we're just becoming aware. That's what prayer does. You can watch the Netflix or you can pray. One is going to make you aware of the presence of God and the other one is going to make you aware of the, <laughs> the state of the world. Amen? And when they found them not, listen to Acts 
Let's go to Acts 16.20. Just prior. And brought them into the magistrate saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. Come on, guys. Who's with me? Who's with me? Come on. Let's cause some trouble for the rulers of this realm. Amen? For the principles of this age. By operating how? In the love, the power, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. By sharing the gospel. By showing up in power. By living as others are more important than ourselves. Next chapter, Acts 16, 7. They continue and says, And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, saying, Crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come here also. Come on! Who's with me? Let's just do what we are called and equipped and empowered to do. God's not expecting anything else. He said, I give you power, now go use the power. I give you a message, now go share the message. I give you love, now go love. I've considered you more important than my own son. Now I just, I just invite you. I don't even expect of you. I invite you to just live that life. Some people go on mission. And some people live mission. And if I do my math, then those who live mission are going to have more reward than those who go on mission. Now we'll go on mission. There's a few planned. So keep like Start saving up. Get your passport ready. But let's not wait to go on mission. Why would we keep all this power up inside of us, wanting to get out? It's like the genie and Aladdin, like wanting to get out of the bowl. And then the Holy Spirit is in you, wanting to get out, wanting to touch people, heal people, do what He's called to do, do what He's equipped to do, do what He's empowered to do, do what He's empowered you to do. How precious is that? Maybe you're going to like, sound like, I really want to pray for you, that's fine. Why don't you just stand where you are? I can pray for Lena and I I'll pray for you after. You're drawing on it. It's good. That's faith. Amen. That's faith. Thank you, Lord, for, for Bernard, for Wendy. Thank you, Lord, for just the example that they are, the life that they are living, Father. Thank you for, yeah, the, the fact that they've counted so many others is more important than themselves. Father, we just honor them for their testimony of life, Father, that they are finishing a race and they're finishing it strong, Father. Thank you that they've not given up, that they are fighting and contending for the faith, Father, that they are moving forward in the things of God, that they're growing in their understanding and power and revelation, even still, Father. Thank you for their beautiful hearts that people get to know their meekness, Father, their gentleness. And whenever anyone comes into contact with you, there's that gentle spirit of God that is so tangible, and we just thank you for that. Father, we thank you that there is abundant things for them, Father. Abundance of your grace of healing even manifesting in their lives right now, Father. Thank you that they're going to just have an increase in ministry, but it's going to be effortless, Father. It's going to be, I just see it's not like speaking and, and, and preparing you, but it's conversational. The word conversational comes up. Thank you, Father, that there's conversational, um, a conversational conversion is what I have. Conversational conversions, Father, that as they go and they share, as they go and they just be 
who they are, who you are in that, Father, that there's going to be an increase of people just drawing towards that, Father. That's going to look different than any other um, season even that they've been in in life, Father. But it's going to be just, it's going to be easy and it's going to be effective. Thank you, Father. I just see like um, when people come to you, it's like this big meal of nourishing food. That there's so much that you have to serve that people will not be able to finish what you've got to give them. Thank you, Father, that there's multiple, multiple things that you still want to show them about your love, about your goodness, about ministry, and even how that ministry looks now for them. Now, I see you like in a tank, and you're just having tea and biscuits in the tank. And as you go, this tank goes, and you're not even aware, but I see you trampling barbed wire. I see you trampling over enemy territory. I see you just like effortlessly breaking down walls, effortlessly moving forward, effortlessly um, like just taking ground for the kingdom. The world is looking at that tank moving forward and they're like, who is that? And you're not, you're not aware of it the impact that you have. Thank you. Amen. 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 Now, Bera, if you must stand as well, you're drawing on him. That's right. He said, that's right. Father, thank you for Bera and Aniki. Thank you for what you're doing in them. And then last one, thank you that there is more to come. I just see God putting out, like, um, like you, as you build a bridge, you've got these machines that build the bridge, and it, there's one slat, and as you step onto that slab, there's another piece of wood laying in front of you, the next slab. And God is just telling you, don't look down. Don't look down. Don't look down and be scared. Just hold out your hand. Let me give you that next step, that next slab. And I'll put it in place. It's not about how high you go. I mean, if you think about it, if you're a meter from the ground or a million meters from the ground, the bridge is the bridge. It's really not about how scary it is. It's about what bridge you build. So Lord, thank you right now that you're just showing them and you're releasing even wisdom in them right now. The power of God manifesting, not just in them, but through them. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to uh, call Loretta up as well. And before she shares, I want to just pray for her. Because uh, I really just sense in worship that there's this, um, we all have the same anointing, and then we have Christ anointing. We have the same gift, which is the gift of Christ. But there's different manifestations of it. And I really just felt like God said, like, He has put on you the call of an evangelist. And Father, we just thank you for that. We thank you that Lorenzo has this heart for lost people, Father. That she cannot help but have. But thank you, Father, that you're going to just increase her capacity, Lord. Increase her capacity to see what you see, Father. And um, I believe God is going to show you the masses. He's been showing you the masses. But he's going to show you the pearl in the masses. God's going to show you the treasure amongst the land. Amen? Like God's going to show you exactly where is that one person or that one family, the person of peace, the person who's ready, the person who's going to open doors for whole towns and cities to come to Christ. Amen? We just thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, thank you for our heart, Father, for the lost that is your heart. Yeah, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you... Um, I, I, I see this picture of a radar, like in the, in the war movies, and like you see all the darkness, you see all the darkness, and God's just going to start to highlight to you the bliss of light. Those who are ready, pray the Lord of the harvest, and He's going to send you out, and there's going to be an increased effectiveness in your ministry. 
Father, thank you for Matthew, Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Peter. Uh, we went to Grand West uh, last night, casino, for uh, Michael W. Smith's um, uh, Waymaker's work. Um, it was a, a real blessing. There was about 20,000 people inside there uh, worshipping. It still was a concert. Um, you paid for it and it was a concert. But um, there was, um, at the end, the whole time it was really a blessed evening. And um, this guy was like really, at the end, very really humble and shedding in grace. And we, as 20,000 people at the end sang together, uh, amazing grace. And um, as we sang, uh, it's as if the Holy Spirit told me, 20,000 people walking out here can make a difference. 20,000 people. And when I walked out, I told you, I, I got the compassion and the sadness of the Lord of 20,000 Christians just walk out past many lost people. <laughs> that place was full of totally lost uh, people. And I got so sad seeing them all um, sitting in on the floor, um, but, um, people that they go into this uh, all places and wasting their money. But it was like I could see the horror of the Lord this, of all these lost people. And I just want to say we have here the equipment, the training, getting ready for us to go out. I'm doing ministry school and I'm doing uh, the I'm doing uh, believers, student believers in, in, a, in a ministry school. But we're calling you all up. There's going to be many such uh, opportunities that you can be trained because uh, as Peter prayed for me, it's actually for all of you. We are formed. And uh, I was just I could just feel the sadness if we can walk out and just where all of those people were placed, all touched by the Lord. And I didn't, I was looking around, I couldn't see one single person praying for someone else, touching them, making a difference. But it's not to condemn them, it just shows us where we are. We want to be entertained and we want to be worshipping and it's all for yourself and know that you love. And it's not, not just for yourself, it starts there. But it's for us to go out. And I'm going to share the note, just one extra, it's not part of this, but I was like working at, um, working at the hospital. And uh, um, Saturday, I'm not, I'm not normally there. And this whole family is there because in Canada, it's actually busy going. So I started talking to them and they stayed a bit. And I started talking to them, and I didn't know if they're Christians, but I told you, I can feel this uh, young girl that I was talking to, my spirit was connecting to her. But then uh, they were here, there yesterday again, and I felt like I said, just go to her. And I started speaking to her, and I said, are you a Christian? And she said, yes. She said, and I knew something's different here. But, but that's not the story. At the end, the two of them were on their way to their grandfather. He's on his, he's sort of like a wife a little bit, but he's busy dying of um, cancer, and he, he doesn't have the Lord. 
But I was put to sign the handbrake because we just read this this week as well. Not that we are you are equal to God and His Spirit, but I could pray for them. It is a powerful prayer. I could feel the prayer was powerful, not because I was praying. I was praying for him, and when he goes in there and he shares his testimony, or asks his granddad to be saved, because the previous day he did start asking, and he said, No, people, this is not what you will think about it. There's no time for me to think about it. So we pray that his eyes will be open and his heart will be. This is why we have to know how to pray, what to do. Because I could pray for him to walk in there and share life with his character. Sure. Like all of us have that opportunities. Yes. So it's not someone is like picked out. You, you, just where you are, just take, lift your head. You will see, as Peter tells me, I will see the calls. You will see the calls of the people that need the Lord. Find more of our free teachings on our website www.gracelife.ca And if you're ever in the Stellenbosch area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.ca